Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. It's a late night edition of tonight's Attacking Third. We're going live with a recap of United States 1-0 victory over Canada in the CONCACAF W Championship Final We've got some things to get through. It was quite the match. Very entertaining. But before we get into everything, quick reminder, we're uh, nominated for a couple of awards here for the Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Uh, if you all haven't already, just want to let you know that we appreciate everything that you do for us. And if you appreciate the show, we really hope that you take the chance to nominate us to advance to the final round. So to nominate A3, you go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and you toggle down to the female hosted podcast category. And it takes about 60 seconds or so. If you haven't gone to the link in the description episode, uh, you can go to the QR code in the corner of our YouTube video here and use that to vote instead. And uh, we also got nominated for another one, uh, World Soccer Talk Best Podcast. So head on over to worldsoccertalk.com and vote for us there as well. United States women's national team picking up their ninth CONCACAF championship title and clinching a spot in the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. It was all on the line in this one, Lisa, and they went out and they did the thing. It was all on the line, uh, but they got it done, right? They they checked this box at the end of it. We've talked so much about this throughout this CONCACAF W Championship that Black Wendanowski and this United States Women's National Team had a checklist heading into this tournament, um, win their group, come out on first in the group, qualify for the World Cup, keep clean sheets throughout this entire tournament, qualify for the 2024 Olympics and check, 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 check. They've done all of those things. Um, perhaps not exactly the way they want to do, not the way uh, Blackham maybe would have scripted it out for this team and, and perhaps even the players, right? If you look at individual goals that some of these players set for themselves, um, I, I doubt a lot of them hit all of those goals, but at the end of it, uh, they came out on top, getting a very narrow 1-0 win over Canada, coming off a penalty kick. There, There's a lot to unpack in this game and, and this tournament, frankly, from this U.S. side. 
you know, uh, I think maybe we need to go a little further back before we're even like, let's jump into this championship final. Let's talk about the 11s and what we saw. We, we got to go back a little bit further. There were two games that were taking place today. There was a match for the third place uh, finish in this tournament between Costa Rica and between Jamaica uh, and it delivered just like this match delivered. It went into extra time. They needed a, they needed a little bit of extra time to figure this one out scoreless through 90. And when regulation wasn't enough, Costa Rica and Jamaica had to go to extra time, but uh, adjustments uh, from the reggae girls and uh, Van Zandt coming in and, and getting that goal. It was all, it was all Jamaica needed. So they have one third place but what that did was that pushed some things back yeah. a little bit lisa including this this current episode of uh of attacking third uh but it pushed a couple things back there was a concert slated to start at yes, the beginning Skip of our performing lions the concacaf w championship song like the official song of this tournament and skip out there himself on the field and and that was it right we knew that there was going to be a break between the first game and the second game and and on the broadcasting studio side of it that was an opportunity for poppy caitlin brianna um ali even jenny to talk about the game a little bit more and then there's going to be this concert by skip marley but because of going into the extra time everything got moved around squished together the kickoff time actually got pushed back for usa versus canada 10 minutes um which that triple down effect is is not great for players and and not really great for uh, kind of how you want to start this championship match because even um, bringing out the stage for Skip Marley onto the pitch was happening during the warmups for the U.S. players and the Canadian players, and it, they were like having a stage walk through the middle of their warmups. There was like a lot happening in Monterey, Mexico tonight. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I uh, <laughs> I bring it bring it up a little bit because with the timing being pushed back i was i was wondering i was like is there going to be time for this concert which i listen selfishly i wanted to see because that's, that's awesome. the gem i love skip's remix of of lions it was really good i love that it was the anthem for this tournament uh i love that it was coming off of a reggae girls win like that was really fun but the pyrotechnic was a lot for me i was like it is real it was real smoky and real uh, real hot down there, I'm sure. But they got it all through. They kicked it off. And uh, we had some starting 11s to talk about a little bit, Lisa. Not a ton of um, – maybe not a ton of rotation in this one. I mean, And I'm just talking about in comparison to some of the starting 11s that we've seen from Vlako Andonovsky and his coaching staff in this tournament. Look, player rotation – was number one on the list of things that we were going to see in this tournament. And they did that in, in this competition. We got to see a lot of different players getting a lot of different looks. But just two changes in this lineup, really, from, from the semifinal against Costa Rica, against Canada. Uh, Nair back in that, Emily Fox, uh, all cleared up from uh, COVID protocol. And uh, Becky Sovereign, Alana Cook, Sophia Huerta, Andy Sullivan, Rose Lavelle, Lindsay Oran, Sophia Smith, Alex Morgan, and Mallory Pugh rounding out that starting 11. Lisa, anything shocking? Anything jumped out when you saw it? I was honestly a little shocked to see Alyssa Nair get the start over Casey Murphy. As, as Murphy had started um, two for Vlako Anonofsky throughout this one and, and being the fifth game, um, 
it was uh, Alyssa Nair who was just making her second start heading into this one. So Murphy had three starts, excuse me, and Nair had um, this was just her second start. So I was a little bit surprised, especially because we saw Casey Murphy uh, play against Costa Rica and and get minutes there. And if and if you're Vlako Anonofsky, you have to be looking ahead, right? I mean, yes, you have to look at the game ahead of you in the next 90 minutes. And uh, we need to win this game. We need to qualify. We need to to win the championship. But you also have to look ahead to a, being a championship game and a final. This is a huge moment of experience for someone like Casey Murphy. And you've you've given her the start in three other matches. Why not this one? Why why not? Because you know that Alyssa Nair can do it, right? She's done it before. But the whole thing that came down to the Tokyo Olympics last summer was Nair got hurt and there wasn't enough experienced players uh, to take this goalkeeping squad through the final. And this is a big moment, a big opportunity. So um, I was a little bit surprised not to see Casey Murphy get the start. Obviously, extremely happy to have Emily Fox back in that back line out of COVID protocol. Um, but Haran... Lindsay Horan and Sophia Smith, they started all five games for the U.S. in this tournament. Um, and I'm not at all surprised. Well, I'm surprised that Lindsay Horan got the start just based on her injuries. But I'm not at all surprised that Sophia Smith got the start in all five games. Uh, Black Wadonofsky has been high on her and Mallory Pugh and, and what they've been able to do in the front line, uh, whether it's with their club teams or with the national team coming back in and, and getting – good minutes and good reps with this team. And this tournament was a huge test of that. Um, but I, I was impressed or I was surprised. I know we'll get to this later at the lack of substitutions that came in this match for the U S side. Yeah, no, it's something, uh, it's something to keep a mental note of as, as we start to to break things down. I'm, I'm with you though. I, you know, I just sort of watching this tournament unfold in front of us, knowing that things like, um, Player rotation, player experience was very high on the list for this coaching staff with so many, you know, younger players and, and players participating in this type of tournament for the first time. Um, for Murphy to not get the start was a little bit of a head scratcher. And then on the other side of it, it wasn't a head scratcher because you're like, exactly. it's the championship final. It's Alyssa, you know, it's Canada. Alyssa Nair's your number one. If you have a championship final on the line you're you're putting your your number one starting goalkeeper so it's like there's a case right for to be made for for both here but i maybe i would say that i wouldn't be uh, i wasn't as perhaps maybe surprised as you were but at the same time i was like it goes against the argument that we've been hearing uh th throughout this tournament uh for sure i was a little surprised to see Fox. And I think maybe that was the one that was surprising for me the most we just don't know uh too much about uh what protocol is essentially and what that means in terms of how long the days are that you have to be on, on that list versus, you know, before coming off of it. But um, whatever it was, whatever the protocols that she, she cleared uh, came through clutch because I thought she had a fantastic game tonight. Uh, this game, let's start breaking it down. This first half, Lisa, United States, they get out here and they start establishing tempo in this game very early on. Mal Pugh, Really, really making her presence known, I think, very early on in this game. We're talking about the opening 60 seconds to uh, opening two minutes here where she gets a, a look on, on goal or in the final third. 
And it was the beginning for me. I think now looking back, now that we know what the end result was looking back, it was perhaps maybe the beginning of some nail biting moments that we would continue to see throughout this game, because this was not the first nor the last time that we saw Pew be very active in the final third, but unfortunately uh, not be able to convert on chances. And it wasn't, it wasn't just a Pew thing. There was a number of moments here in this first half. I believe they ended up closing out eight shots to, to five shots for, for Canada um, where they just were unable to convert in these, these opportunities in the final third. I think that that's so crucial. And, and we talk about how important those first 10, 15 minutes of a match are. And honestly, so much credit goes to Kaylin Sheridan, goalkeeper for Canada. She had a tremendous game, a tremendous game, a tremendous first 30 minutes, especially for Canada. Um, and defensively, Canada had some holes that the United States were able to pop into and, and fill themselves getting those chances. You mentioned the the U.S. chance from Mallory Pugh in the opening minute of this game. Um, there was a, another opportunity where in, in transition, the United States were able to get on the front foot. It was like a 4v2 opportunity. And uh, Morgan couldn't finish that one. Pugh couldn't finish another shot it was small small minor breakdowns that were, were either going to be fine and continue to build momentum for this United States side or actually hurt them in the end of it all because they didn't finish those early chances but when you look at it in terms of a neutral bystander or fan watching this game it was a very exciting game right from the get-go because the United States put pressure on Canada they put them on their heels they were finding different pockets of space they were energized. That's something that I was um, not at all surprised to see, but uh, taking note of that to start this game, both sides were incredibly energized and, and moving all over the pitch, getting into quick transitions, dropping back to defend, right? We saw 11 players from both sides defending, specifically when you look at the U.S. side, the front runners of Smith, Pugh, and Morgan, they were constantly dropping back to be that first line of pressure, Um now, the organization of the defensive structure from the United States started to trickle out throughout that first 45 minutes as as Canada was picking them apart, understanding their weaknesses, finding those gaps and those holes. Because uh, let's face it, this Canadian side is a very good side, right? They just won gold in the Olympics. Like They've pushed their way through this CONCACAF W championship. They've got a plethora of talented players. It was only a matter of time until that game really evened out and I don't think that the level necessarily dropped out for either of these sides, except maybe in like the 85th minute when the <laughs> U.S. wasn't really getting that rotation of players in and it was a hot, long night. But I, I was very impressed with what both sides were giving in the first 30, 45 minutes. Um, and the chances for the United States were heavy in the first five minutes of this game. They came out attacking. And then towards the last five minutes of this first half was when there were so many different chances for the United States. Um, and I started this by saying Kaylin Sheridan, goalkeeper for Canada, tremendous game from her, tremendous first half yeah. especially. I think if I had to compare, and we'll talk more and get in depth about the second half as compared to us talking about this first half, but I think if, if you're looking at both halves sort of, holistically like maybe that first half mm -hmm. felt a little bit more even compared to the second half where I just think the U.S. was lights out mostly but I think to sort of go into the half especially off of some of the chances that they were 
creating. It sort of felt like it was building. This game sort of just constantly felt like it was in a state of building towards something until it kept getting later and later and later. And then we kept seeing the score line, uh, you know, at, at zero. So closing out the half, it was, I was incorrect, it was 10 shots compared to four uh, at the half for each side. But when we're talking about t- actual attempts on target, it's United States three and Canada two. So yeah. I guess uh, like in terms of actual good looks, good chances, like the real missed opportunities, so That's to speak, that sort of felt like it was what it was even. Yeah. So, I mean, there was this fantastic chance in the buildup. We're talking about maybe the final five minutes of this half where you have like a four V two breakaway happening. And Lindsay Horan is, is leading this like she's quarterbacking this she has options in front of her it's two they've got the two canadian center backs on their heels and and ops to go out left but uh, you know unfortunately it just you know pew was unable to to capitalize on it so we had another moment there where it was like is this starting to feel a little bit like Mm -hmm. if they don't convert on these chances that it could come back to haunt him and that's a tough energy to have when you've got so much at stake in a game like this And that's exactly it because you have the momentum. And if the U S were to finish um, one of those chances that they had late in the game, whether it was the 38th minute in that four V two opportunity or the 44th minute um, when this cross comes in from Huerta and, and this was the moment where I think Sophia Huerta is a player that really didn't get into the game because she was doing so much defending um, against the Canadian side and, going up against Nichelle Prince. And that was a fantastic battle between those two. But once Haran, or excuse me, once Sofia Huerta got into the attack, she sends this incredible cross into the box and the ball ends up getting stuck between Smith's legs. And it's an incredible save by Sheridan and a goal line save um, with her backside as the ball is about to go in the back of the net. And that came uh, just before the halftime whistle blew. And if the United States were to score on either of those opportunities towards the end of that first half, the momentum would have shifted. The halftime conversations would have shifted. It would have been a different commentary. It would have perhaps been uh, different sub rotations. Maybe Black Wananowski would have rotated some people at that 45 minute mark or even the 60 minute mark. Um, so those are, are so many different factors that come into this. And up until halftime, I mean, it was a question of, okay, was that the United States best chance? Yeah. And, and and that was a little bit scary. And I think that's a conversation that the United States had in their locker room at halftime, that if, if that's their best chance, they've got to create more. Because Listen, that I'm with, not I'm, one that they missed. I'm with you 100% on that energy because there was, like, shortly after that really good sequence, Lindsay Horan picks up a yellow before closing out this half. And I'm like, oh, no, not Lindsay Horan. Because for me, I was like, man, Lindsay, Lindsay Horan is having, like, her best game of this tournament right now so far in this in this final you know still out there with all that you know that the medical tape on her on her knee um really quarterbacking a lot of things trying to help facilitate some things so uh yeah I'm, I'm with you I was like there was a certain energy going into the half where I'm like well there's a lot of good things here so I'm not too sure if we're gonna see that Andonovsky staple of immediate halftime substitutions in this one and sure enough we saw some certain things play out in the second half, and we're going to talk about it and break it down after a quick, quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. If you are joining us live on our YouTube channel, you just saw the trailer once more for the only the Brianna Scurry documentary now on Paramount Plus. It premiered on July 12th. It is available on demand. So check it out on Paramount Plus if you just can't go to sleep after the game and you need something to watch. That's what you want to watch oh. for sure. It was great hearing Scurry on uh, on some of these games, all of them, quite frankly, throughout the tournament and uh, getting her input uh, on the team, especially especially tonight, because again, we're we're going from that first half into the second half now, Lisa. And one of the things I think that we were all looking at if there was going to be uh, an immediate substitution in that second half, because it's not that the team wasn't necessarily looking mm-hmm. for. I think uh, in this first half, they just weren't unfortunately capitalizing on those chances that they were creating for each other. I- I think that's the biggest asterisk that you have to look at is that they created chances and they weren't finishing them. They weren't able to to capitalize in those moments. And these are the questions for me looking at this team and looking at the age, perhaps, and the experience of these players, 12 of them getting their first CONCACAF experience, um, qualifying experience in this tournament. And and those were the things that Black Wendonofsky was looking at. If you're given these chances, can you finish them? Can you put them away? Way because we we know that players in the past have we've seen Carly Lloyd do it time and time again Megan Rapino even Alex Morgan so it was a true test that finally these less experienced players were being put under uh, whether that's Sophia Smith up top or Emily Fox Sophia Huerta uh, Alana Cook in the center back Mallory Pugh and the, this was the test that the United States states needed throughout that first half. The chances kept coming in the second half, perhaps even more and more opportunities because the United States held more of the ball in this second half. They they were occupying the spaces in those wide areas. They were finding more breakdowns down the center of the spine of the team against Canada. Um, they, they did a much better job in the second half of keeping possession of the ball and trying to implement their game uh, onto Canada, whereas in the first what, 25, 30 minutes, Canada was putting a lot of pressure on the United States back line, but um, things definitely started to open up. 63rd minute, Sophia Smith, she uh, had an opportunity that she ends up missing again. And and for however many great saves Caitlin Sheridan had for Canada in goal, the United States also missed 
So many of these open yeah. chances that they could have finished. Uh, then there was a set piece opportunity towards the 70th minute that Haran just missed with um, an Andy Sullivan shot coming just moments after that, that was just over the crossbar. So the opportunities were coming and in a variety of ways, whether it was crosses from the outside, yeah. shots from distance, set pieces, looking to get in behind. We saw the United States opting for a long ball coming from uh, Cook or Sauerbrunn Huerta in the back line because they were getting a lot of pressure on them from Canada, which stretched out the Canadian defense and, and opened up those pockets a little bit more for players like Morgan and Smith and Pew. You know, I was uh, looking back on this second half, Lisa, and, you know, we saw these substitutions early in this half, but we saw it for Canada. Yep. And I was a little curious as, you know, if this was just going to be the 11 that was just going to run through and just they, they were going to roll with until they sort of, you know, figured it out so to speak. And I started, I think maybe getting a little nervous towards that, that hour half I'll put, I'll put myself up because we're like, I'm watching Canada's head coach and bed and bed Priestman making these adjustments. And it's not no, like, you know, little adjustment. You're talking about Julia Grosso coming in for Quinn. Yeah. It was a very much like an attacking minded type of move. Like we got to get something going on here. And then shortly after that, Injury uh, substitution, bringing a Chap Chapman in, and then bringing in uh, Leon for for Prince. So you're talking about like a lot of really really attacking money players for for Canada. But I think even with those substitutions, I thought the United States did a much better job in the second half. Uh, just sort of building off of what they were doing in that first half. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't look. Um, I think what was really important to me was was that they didn't look like they were getting super frustrated with yes. the mischances because they knew they were generating, they knew they were creating. And I was hoping that we wouldn't see something in like the body language that would tell us otherwise. And I didn't necessarily pick up on that when we were watching this. And even players who maybe were struggling in that first half, I thought that they played themselves into a much, much better half. I mean, you brought up Sofia Huerta, and she was getting absolutely challenged on that side. I mean, she was having a time with Nichelle Prince uh, when they would switch at times and seeing Ashley Lawrence get involved. I think this might, I mean, this could probably have been like Sofia Huerta's most challenging game with the national team. For sure. Defensively, defensively challenging. Yeah, team where to be challenged with the ball and finding those spaces and getting the ball in those wide areas. But yeah, and we saw it, we saw her turn it a little bit in the second half. So I mean, just sort of seeing the show looking that's the test that we were waiting yes, for. Looking for those improvements, for I think, is what's most mm -hmm. important, I think, coming out of this, you know, and I just am like, there's some, there's some things here in between the lines that I think the team is probably going to look back on and say, totally. this is like circle and say like, this is what we were looking for and we got it, you know? So I, I just sort of seeing things come to light was, you know, and it's nice to like take note of those things in the minute, but what's happening in the moment is you're like, okay, actually you still actually are trying to win this game. So there's, it's like, while you're like, you're, you're enjoying what you're seeing. It was like a wave of emotions. You're like, wow, I really like what I'm seeing here. There's some interesting things. Like the second half is going much better for them. And yet it's still scoreless. You know, like you start getting loads. You're like, what's going to happen here. We already saw a third place match go into extra time. What's going to happen here. Uh, and uh, of course what starts happening is, you know, I noticed Alex Morgan start uh, doing what she does. And I had a moment where I was 
you were always texting each other in multiple different ways with all of the people in in, in, in yep. our in our realm. And I was like, is Alex Morgan going to do the thing where she just takes that punishment in the box and draws a foul and it's a PK and, and they conferred, converted and, and the U.S. just does what they do. And I was only half right because Morgan plays a very good ball through to Rose Lavelle, who on the replay gets a little bit clipped by Chapman and they confirm that it is a foul and the United States is uh, given the penalty in this moment. So we're approaching already the 80th minute of the game in, in this moment. And there was some really interesting, I guess we'll call it gamesmanship a little bit during this moment, Lisa, talk to me about what you saw. on the uh, dur- After the penalty kick was drawn uh, by Rose Lavelle, 76th minute or so it's it's against Chapman who Alicia Chapman who came in for Canada um Alex Morgan ends up taking this penalty kick and and mind you she's going against Kaylin Sheridan who is her teammate in the NWSL with San Diego Wave her goalkeeper teammate who Alex Morgan has scored penalty kicks all year with San Diego Wave so um uh, initially we see Lindsay Horan get the ball uh behind the scenes we uh Andy Sullivan initially got the ball was standing near the spot and then Lindsay Horan takes over and and is standing on the penalty kick spot ready to take it up and and Lindsay Horan um had a missed penalty kick earlier in this tournament in the opening match for the United States and after that Many media people and, and personnel asked Black Wendonowski, are you going to have these players take them again? Are you practicing your PKs? Kind of what's happening here? And he said, we have an order and we have a system and we know what's going to happen when a penalty kick happens, uh, depending on who's on the pitch. Ultimately, Alex Morgan is the one that gets the ball. After all the the ch- chitter chatter has gone down, I mean, it takes from the time that Rose Lavelle hit the ground and the time that the whistle is blown for the penalty kick to be taken is like two or three minutes at this point. So that's a lot of time for a player to get in their head. Ultimately it's Alex Morgan that steps up to the spot who was outside the 18 yard box, clearing her head, getting her mindset ready to take this PK. She comes in and she just absolutely buries it against Sheridan. And that to me was like, this is the moment where I'm, I'm like, wow, Alex Morgan is, playing incredible right now. She's at an incredible point in her career, coming back onto this team, coming back into the NWSL, being an incredible superstar and someone that Black Wandonofsky doesn't just have on this roster because she's been there before, but because uh, she can play 90 minutes, she can play 80 minutes and convert the goal. And, And part of me was had this moment where I was like, Alex Morgan is back. She's on this roster for the World Cup. She's on this roster for the Olympics. And the other part of me was like, remember three weeks ago when he wasn't sure if it was going to be Ashley Hatch or Alex Morgan in that starting role? Like, are there still question marks around that? What do do we do moving forward? But I had to stay present, stay in the moment. And Morgan converts and she gets the 1-0 win uh, over Canada in this moment of a penalty kick. And that's, that's what it came down to. Yeah, I hear you. And I agree with you 100%. I just think, you know, Alex Morgan and her form in 2022 has just been ridiculous. And it's been, like, relentless. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's funny to sort of think about this now because there were moments early in the NWSL season when you and I would have to come on and talk about previewing or recapping games and talking about San Diego Wave and Alex Morgan and her run. And there was this, like, argument that, 
was trying to be made where it's like, yeah, it's like she's scoring goals, but a ton of them are penalties. Like, what's going to happen when it counts? And what happened when it counted was that a penalty scenario happened and Alex Morgan stepped up and converted it. That's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's just a testament and con- continuity here for for Morgan in, in, in 2022 and what she's been doing and what she's been providing for both club and country it kind of has translated and it's transcended into both you know areas and arenas here so um not i think maybe ultimately not too surprising to sort of see it come down to a little bit of veteranship kind of you know having to to lead the way a little bit in a game like this but in high stakes moments like this i think that's when you call on on those numbers for you know, sure sort of step in and 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 deliver. I mean, I, I know at one point later in the game when we were maybe feeling the nerves a little bit and wondering, like, is there going to be, are there going to be subs in this game? You yeah. know, seeing, seeing a Sanchez, seeing, uh, seeing a Sanchez warm up, but alongside also a, a Megan Rapino, And it's just like, that's right. There's another veteran that you can, uh, that you can uh, bring in into the match. But uh, that's, that's all that was needed for this one for, for the United States. And, and quite frankly, again, talking a little bit about, veteranship Canada still having a couple good opportunities in stoppage time mm-hmm. against the United States. It was, it was definitely not lights out, uh, but uh, the United States did enough to hold on to that very, very narrow lead. Alyssa Nair just sort of ending the game with, with the collection of a really good attempt on a shot by Canada and then just saying enough and the final whistle, rah, 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 nine CONCACAF titles for USA. Yeah, you make it sound so easy at the end there. Yeah, and that's all it is. But um, at the end of this match, uh, the United States ends with 17 shots, six of them on frame. Uh, Canada, 11 shots, five of them on frame on target. So um, when you look at like shots on targets, six to the U.S., five to Canada, that's incredibly even. Right. Like when when you look at those types of stats and expected goals and the United States missed opportunities that they should have finished. And and you did mention this, how they didn't let it get to their head or bring them down. You saw almost more determination or or um, energy on their faces heading into this one. And it, it's so much of like these moments and getting these players experience and unlocking different defenses and finding different spaces, but also just the pressure and the intensity of a U.S. versus Canada match where these players know each other so well, even if it was the United States a player's very first qualifying game, their very first start, they know these players because they've watched all of this. Uh, they know so many of these Canadian players from the NWSL and what they do there. So the emotions, um, there's a lot behind the scenes of this game, but ultimately the United States closes it out. And we did see some rotation towards the end of this one for Black Wondonofsky and his side, as we saw Margaret Purse come on, uh, we saw Naomi Gurma and Trinity Rodman all come on. And then ultimately at the very end, Taylor Korniak come on. So we saw tactical adjustments from Black Wondonofsky at the end as he he brought on um, Gurma uh, purse. We finally saw like that four player change when it happened with like just yeah. minutes and seconds. And it actually happened three. It, it was right. It was Germa purse um, coming on and Rodman coming on yeah. at the same time and taking out the three front lines. So Germa dropped into the outside uh, to like the left center back role uh, with Fox and Huerta still in that back line. So it did become a five back at the end of this. And then yeah. Rose LaBelle ends up going down with a bit of a knock. So Taylor Korniak comes on. But yes, these substitutes happening. 
in in the 88th minute, the 89th, and then in the stoppage time is the final one coming in. And um, I wanted to see that a little bit earlier. It's 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 somewhat tricky because the penalty kick comes in around the 76th minute. Um, but but still to get those players in and get different minutes. Um, also, no Ashley Sanchez. I was very shocked to not see her come come into this one. But I, I think that Lindsay Horan had a very good game yeah. in that central midfield role, being a leader that the United States needed, especially against this rivalry Canada side. Yeah, I think uh, I think they had an eye on, on the match and an eye on what could happen if things took a turn. Uh, I think, you know, listening to you talk about the subs and how we were you know, taking note about the players warming up. You just, you just never know a, a one zero scoreline with what was it like five minutes of stoppage time. Like yeah. that's chaos o'clock. I think if there's, if there's at least five plus minutes of, of extra time in, in Sandra's opinion, that's, that's chaos o'clock. It's, a lot of time. Like, it's like anything can happen, you know? So um, maybe the scenario was ultimately, ultimately seeing Naomi Gurma step up to the line to be substituted in. I was a little bit shocked because uh, as you mentioned with less than five, 10 minutes left in a match, you do not sub out your center backs. You keep them in there. You've, they've kept the clean sheet all this time. And, and Blacko didn't do that. Right. He went to a five back. He had the three center backs. And I think that was the right move, frankly, because then Gurma did get some minutes towards the end of this one. Um, and, and just feeling a little bit of that pressure to close out a game with a clean sheet and secure the win. Yeah. So what does it mean for the United States? Well, they went into this CONCACAF W Championship Tournament. They achieved their first objective, which was to qualify for the World Cup. And then the second objective, which was to qualify for the Olympics and win the tournament. And uh, quite frankly, I think you can. it's hard to argue with that kind of success. I think we talk about it all the time on this show, Lisa, whether it's here or the USWNT hour, real champagne problems, I think, when it comes to talking about this team or analyzing them or uh, trying to uh, you know, look for different critiques and, and criticisms within it. Uh, for all of the, the different you know, perspectives on the rotation of players throughout a tournament like this, coming off of an Olympics where – that was perhaps a detriment, you know, to to that that international competition sort of paying dividends mm -hmm. now, you know, several months later. I, yeah. When you look at what does this mean for the U.S., I think coming into this tournament, so much of the question mark was around the players that needed experience and, yeah. and kind of finding that mix. And um, perhaps game by game, minute by minute, it wasn't the outcome that U.S. fans, even Black Wanonofsky, wanted uh, in terms of an incredibly convincing win, scoring in the first five minutes, dominating games. But they can look back at this film um, the players that did get minutes, Naomi Gurma getting starts in the back line, along with Alana Cook and Sofia Huerta and mm -hmm. Pugh and Smith up top, and, and point to things, incredibly bright moments, and also how they can learn and how they can grow and 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 kind of what happens moving forward because they were given this experience to play, especially when you look at a player like Emily Fox, like this was a huge tournament for her yeah. despite missing two games due to COVID protocol. Uh, she comes back in this final starts gets 90 minutes. And I think had a tremendous game. So the, the future is brighter. I think now for the United States women's national team, than it was three weeks ago before this tournament even started just in terms of the question marks, there's at least a little bit more clarity in those personnels and the positions. 
hundred percent agree with you. I, I think on top of all of those, all those main big three, right? Like win the tournament, qualify for the World Cup, qualify for Olympics, get that spot mm-hmm. in the Gold Cup. And then Alski and this team have also done the following, you know, gotten looks at other players, expanded the player pool, have kept an eye ahead on 2023 and beyond, quite frankly. And that's that's tough to do with some of the other things that have come into play, like quick turnarounds and and things like a pandemic, an unprecedented pandemic, sort of throwing a wrench in the typical cycle and planning of things. And playing um, this tournament in Mexico. Playing the tournament in Mexico, you know, so there's a... I think there's a lot more pros here uh, than than cons, I think, for the team moving forward. But this is, again, this is a program that's going to absolutely take a look at what could possibly be those cons and obviously try to work on them as well. So what's next for this team? They recently announced uh, friendlies in September against Nigeria, Kansas City, and Washington, D.C. will be the host of those friendlies. There is a break for these players as well as a break in the NWSL as well. So everybody getting some time uh maybe we might get some time lisa i don't know we'll see we're doing this late we're doing this late tonight and we appreciate you all for joining us uh you help give us the energy quite frankly to do this uh late night it's been a wild ride and the united states went out and did the thing thank you all so much for joining us we just want to remind you before closing out if you appreciate all the work that we've been doing to cover the CONCACAF W Championship and the NWSL and beyond, just want to let you know that we're nominated for a couple of awards. We're nominated for the Best Female Host of Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So we very much appreciate it. If you would nominate the second third, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and toggle down to the Female Host of Podcast category. Whole process takes about a minute. You can either use the uh, the link in the episode description or the QR code that we have in the YouTube video. And we are also nominated for the world's best uh, soccer podcast. So go ahead and vote for us over at worldsoccertalk.com for the best podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight and chatting all things CONCACAF W Championship. Uh, thank you for nominating us if you've already done that. Go ahead and follow Attacking Third on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Attacking Third. You can follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. And we are available with video. Subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third. And Lisa and I will be back with so much more. For Sandra Reda and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.